You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. Her name is Shana Weisinger, and she's the founder and CEO of Repurpose House, which turns long-form content into optimized videos and images for high-engagement social media strategies. Shana has a background in video production for digital marketing and is on a mission to show content creators the untapped potential and repurposing power of content that they already have. So welcome to the show, Shana. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. I came across an article that you wrote for Digital Marketer, and you just kind of sucked me in. <laughs> we were You were talking about how to repurpose podcasts. And so, of course, you know, near and dear to my heart, having this podcast, I reached out to you and we connected. And so here we are. I'm so excited. I'm glad you're here. I appreciate you taking the time. Today, just so everybody understands, and you're probably not going to be caught off guard based upon that intro, which is today we're going to talk about how to leverage repurposing of your content in order to increase your traffic, leads, and sales, right? So Shana's going to give us some frameworks and some tips and strategies on how to do that, how you can start doing that literally right after this episode. But before we do that, give us a quick backstory. Tell us a little bit you know, about you and what kind of prompted you to start this business, and then we'll dig right in. Yeah, absolutely. So as you had mentioned, I have a background in video production. I have a video production company called Wake Brand Media. And all I did there was create video for strategic marketing. So I wouldn't go into clients' rooms and be like, hey, let's just make one video about you that's three minutes long and throw it on YouTube and hope that a million people see it, right? It was like, what does your strategy look like? Where are you connecting with people? Why do people care about you know the video about you? You need to be giving content. So it was about creating a lot of content in an efficient way and making sure you're meeting people where they're at. And while I was doing that, I was doing a lot of video podcast episodes for some clients. And I dove into the podcasting space pretty heavily just to get as much information about it as I could. So you know, I knew what I was talking about. I was giving my clients like the best service that I was able to do. And in that, I was creating these audio... Well, it was video. So it was video memes at that point, but of their podcast episodes. So you know, up to two minutes. He has a big header that says like what that little clip is about. Something super impactful. The guest said, you know, it's got the captions on it, the whole deal. And I was giving them to my clients. They were loving them. And as I was trying to pitch more podcasters to do video, they were like, yeah, 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 that's great. But if you were to just do the audiograms, we would be all about that. And I was like, okay. And that I literally heard that so consistently that I was like, there is a need here that nobody is filling. So let's let's go. So I started podcast memes, which is actually, I was actually podcast memes whenever you had read the digital marketer article. And we were just doing audiograms and, you know, video memes for podcasters. And we were trimming them down, you know, giving them to them in all different sizes. So we would do 
audiograms and story sizes for, you know, Instagram stories and Facebook stories. We were doing them square for the feeds. We were doing them in landscape for YouTube, image quotes, things like that. What I found though, which was interesting, is podcasters as a general group were not the right audience. But people within that audience just grasp on. They were like, this is great. They saw the value in being able to repurpose their episodes. They were consistent. And I realized very quickly that the... Well, in hindsight, it was quickly. At the time, it felt painstaking. But I realized at some point that the similarities between all of the clients that were just crushing it was not that they were podcasters. It was that they were digital marketers that were using podcasting as one arm of their strategy. So... I was like, listen, that digital marketing is my love in the first place. Content creation is my love. So I decided to rebrand. And we turned into Repurpose House in November. Launch did like kind of a soft launch in November. We really like kind of did the dang thing at the digital marketer event and at traffic and conversion. And now we repurpose everything. So we'll take blog posts and turn them into social media assets. We'll take, you know, webinars, podcasts, anything you can, any type of content that any person can create. We will now optimize them for social media and make sure that you can post them across every platform the right way and train you how to do it so that you have a really, really robust strategy with a minimal amount of content. I love it. Well, you know, what's really cool about this is that, you know, you hear a lot about, you know, you got to create new content, you got to create new video content for YouTube and the different channels, you got to create new blog content every week or daily. And, you know, you hear a lot about new, 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 right? But I think that. You know, in our conversation before we hit record here, and even in my thought process prior to you know us connecting, you know, I think it's overlooking one of the biggest assets we have, which is your existing content, right? You have content that your audience has really, really enjoyed, right? It's your most visited, your most shared. It's the content that people just you know refer to. It's the most linked to. People link to it, and the problem is, is that eventually that content starts to die down, right? And But it doesn't mean that it's not any good. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. It doesn't mean that there's not a million different ways to to leverage it. I think that's where I see this repurposing concept really kicking in. Am I right? Am I wrong? Where am I at? You are absolutely right. It is incredible to me how many businesses have so much mileage left in content that they just don't even realize. I mean, like you had said, They'll have a blog post that performed crazy well for like three, four, five, six months, maybe. And then they're just so busy chasing the next piece of content that they're creating that they forget that that actually did great things. Like, we'll have, the, I'll have podcasters who, like, what, what if they had Gary Vee on one, an episode six months ago or a year ago and they stopped promoting that episode? Like, that's how you're going to get new people to go and seek you out and look at your other content as well. It shouldn't just be about the newest piece. You should always be promoting pieces that you know get engagement so that you can bring people into your ecosystem. And then they'll continue to listen to your new stuff, read your new stuff. Just It blows my mind that people don't leverage the things that are working more just for a longer period of time. Yeah, it's funny. You know, It's always about new. And you know, I, was, I had had an interview before this with somebody regarding conversion rate optimization, totally different topic, but you know, it's always about more traffic, more traffic. And in this situation, it's more content, more content, when in reality, there's a great way to leverage this. So let's get a little bit micro into your business because you're a startup. So I love this, right? I love, <laughs> yeah. I love startups. I mean, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I've probably done nine startups in my career. So I'm a startup junkie. 
knowing that you just repurpose or you just relaunch it, rebrand this whole concept to repurpose house. Tell me a little bit about how the business is going. You've taken on a little bit different target. Describe to me what has been the most fruitful channel strategy tactic for you to get new clients under repurpose house branding. Great question. Traffic and conversion was massive for us. I knew that like the we event, bought a booth. The event, yeah, right? the event. Yes. I bought a booth knowing that that was going to kind of be the make or break because everybody in that room, either they're the people I'm targeting. And if they're not interested in what I'm offering, then it's time to try something different. So bought the booth. We went, we were scrappy. And just like the response was overwhelmingly positive. I was so humbled. And I actually I got a little misty at one point with just like the incredible responses that we got that I knew it would work. And then based out of that, it was it's just been relationship building, you know, being on other people's podcasts, inviting awesome people onto our podcast, because we talk to only content creators and teach them how to leverage. And truthfully, that in itself and just building relationships with other people in the industry and like guest blogging, things like that have been really, really helpful for us. We actually we white label as well. So building agency relationships has been really beneficial because agencies can leverage repurpose house like so well and become even an even better asset to their clients because they're now providing like a 5x service than what they were providing to begin with. And it's super simple to use on our end. So really it's just being in the same in the right room with the right people has been how we were able to like just jump leaps and bounds over the last, you know, six, seven months. Gotcha. So like most entrepreneurs, <laughs> you gave me 10 different ways, but uh, yeah. it's okay because I'm going to kind of boil it down and make sure I hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Very early was that traffic conversion event. So that was a big validation piece for you and obviously converted into revenue. Did you have a significant ROI on that? What does a booth like that cost, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, the booth is 10 grand. Ouch. Yeah. So for me to take a risk on a $10,000 investment, that was. I, I was that was gutsy. Confident. That was yeah, gutsy. I was, I was confident-ish. Like I, I had been to cap, traffic and conversion before, right? But I just knew I was like, here's the deal. I'm gonna roll the dice on this, and we're gonna see. Because for me, I knew I fashioned repurpose house after my friend's business, Design Pickle, and like I had been to the Philippines with his team. Like he, he had massive, like massive growth in a matter of three years, and I was like, it, this is like go big or go home because I know the potential here if it is going to hit the way that I have a hunch it will, it's worth the investment to at least get some exposure and to know for sure that we're going to go in 150% on it. And I'm glad that we did. Absolutely. So beyond the event, if you had to attribute like today, right? When was that event? Was that back in November? February. Back in February. Okay. So that's only a couple months ago. So if you had to pick one other strategy besides events and you only had one, what do you think is giving you the biggest ROI today? Referrals. Referrals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Early on, I mean, it just makes a lot of sense, right? It's small. Right. It's still very small. You've, you're still working from those initial customers that are really happy. And it's, you know, and you're just able to, you know, turn one customer into two customers, which is huge at this point, right? right. So, okay, awesome. All right. So appreciate you doing that and breaking that down for us. Well, listen, let's get, let's dig into this here because I think that one of the reasons that you don't see a lot more people doing this is because maybe one, they don't understand what it is, but number two, they don't have a framework and they don't understand what tools to use to do it. So first, could you share with the audience kind of what the whole concept of repurposing is succinctly, and then we'll get into maybe a little bit more advanced. Yeah, absolutely. So 
just the thought of repurposing is essentially taking content that you've already created. It can be long form. Most In most cases, it is long form. It's going to be something... I mean, you can repurpose anything. But ultimately, the idea is taking something that, that traditionally has one place where it lives, like a blog post. Obviously, it lives on a blog. It's just a lot of text. And turning that piece of content into optimized pieces for social media. And what I mean by optimized is making sure that it's the right length, making sure that it's formatted the right way, making sure that you're doing everything that you need to do on that one small piece of content to get the most eyeballs, engagement, there's like all these best practices that I'm sure we'll dive into that you can do on a long form piece of content to shorten it up and make it engageable on social media. And then the intention is not for it to be a standalone piece, but for it to then drive traffic to the original piece of content. So for at least the way that we are doing it is like taking a podcast, like a two minute clip that was awesome and saying, Hey, for the full episode, go here. Or here's a teaser of the blog post for the full post go here. And then the point is to, you know, have them opt in or become a subscriber or, you know, a client, just pushing them towards the next step. You've given them something of value and then having getting them into your ecosystem. Perfect. So it's taking long form content, breaking it up into shorter, more consumable pieces in an effort to try to drive traffic to that original long form piece. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Perfect. All right. So now let's talk to a little bit about a framework. How I mean, how do you do this? Because I mean, repurposing a podcast is a little different than repurposing a webinar, which is a little bit different than repurposing a blog, right? Can you take maybe one or two of those and talk about kind of the system that you use? Because I mean, we just met, right? But I'm pretty sure that you have an exact SOP, right? (laughs) On how to repurpose A, B, and C. So Can you walk us through a few of those and and help us understand, help the audience understand how they might be able to start doing this? Yeah, absolutely. The easy, well, first and foremost, you have to go through your content and know what pieces are going to resonate the most with your audience, right? So the way we'll do that is instead of going through, like, let's say it's a 25 minute podcast episode, instead of going through and finding one really impactful two minute clips, we will go through and listen to the entire episode. And as those impactful clips are popping up, we'll note them, note the time code. So, like, at three minutes and 12 seconds, you know, Dennis said the most amazing rockstar thing ever. And at, you know, 34 seconds after that, it was done. And we'll have an Excel sheet of all of the in and out points of really impactful items. And then you can also write your headline on there too. So it would be like, okay, he talks about repurposing, you know, the blog post for Facebook specifically. And then whatever the headline is going to be is you can kind of like say, this is what it's about. And then you tweak the headline to make sure that you are getting interest on people who are scrolling through the feed. The, to make them actually stop and listen. You know, for us, our, we kind of have to take it another step further because we need to get to know the business and their brand and who their audience is and what will resonate. So we kind of need to understand the voice. But if you're doing it yourself, you already know that. So then it's just a matter of going through the content, making sure you're going through the long piece of content to its completion because you may not repurpose that piece of content over and over again in a row. But at least now you know that you've done the due diligence on a 25 minute piece of content, you've pulled 10 different pieces to repurpose and you do that four times. Now you've got four separate pieces of content that all have, you know, five to 10, 15, maybe repurpose assets out of it. You've spent maybe three hours of your time doing it and you have content for the next quarter minimum for social media. Wow. Okay. So how do you, I guess I'm curious because it sounds like a lot of, sounds like a lot of different smaller pieces, right? If you got a, like I have a 25 minute podcast, right? In that, you know, there might be six or eight different, you know, whether it be 
audio clips or quotes or something along those lines, right? Typically, it's probably what you'd pull from an audio piece. How do you track that? I mean, do you put it in a, do you suggest they put it in like a Google Doc or do you put, I mean, where would you store that? Where would, the, what would be the repository? How do you, what, what's the best way to, to kind of manage all that? Because that could get unwieldy after a little bit. It can. Yeah, absolutely. It depends on how big or small of a team you have also. So for instance, if you have VAs that are doing a lot of this for you, with some of our clients do. So we do this for you and we have clients who submit their own tickets and they go through their own process, right? So with the clients that have multiple people kind of diving into the content, it's easy to use like a Google sheet and just have one folder that's like repurposed content. And then within that folder, it will be the four or five different pieces of content that you're repurposing. For me, I'm huge on like organization and folders and making sure that everything makes sense. So in my brain, it would be like, okay, content for repurposing. And then the subfolders in there would be blog, podcast, webinars, whatever those subcategories can be. And then within that, it would be broken down by like, okay, podcast episode 34, guest name, and then going through there. And then with that, then you can do your Google spreadsheets where you've got you know the in and out points and whatnot. So at least then you know what type of content and it's not just a, a massive list of chaos. Or you can go like have a Google sheet with different tabs that are all the different you know pieces of content that you can filter through. It's really just however your organizational brain works. But being organized is hugely important whenever you're going through all of these in and out points and making sure that you're crossing off what has been done, highlighting what's in production, you know, just being organized will definitely help this process for sure. Perfect. Okay. So we talked a little bit about, I mean, in my mind, we were focusing a little bit on the podcast idea of repurposing podcast. How about video? I mean, I'm sure it's a similar process, but can you, is there any differences? Is there something unique to that? Maybe you want to, you know, is there something you want to add? There's not a lot of difference. I mean, you're still pulling in and out points. You're still trying to find up to two minutes of something impactful that was said. The only difference is going to be the visual. The thing that we'd like to do on our templates for podcasts is we can swap images of guests and kind of make those dynamic. You'll still have a moving waveform so people will know it's video. But personally, and and statistically, actual video performs better. Seeing somebody's face, seeing what's happening on camera, they gets more engagement. So I would say if you have a podcast and you're... And I know we talked about this before, how some people just don't want to put makeup on <laughs> to be on the podcast. Including um, me. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> then you know that's fine. And it's still going to be a much better leap to even do audiograms than it is to just have the full episode living somewhere. But if you are able to utilize video in it, it I you will see a spike in engagement. But the fact that you're doing it at all is still really, really great. Okay, awesome. All right, let's talk a little bit about tools, right? I mean, I'm yeah. sure one of the things that I discovered, and I'm not trying to, you know, spill the popcorn in the lobby, but before we <laughs> even talked, you know, I was considering doing these audiograms, which is kind of the still image with the waveform on it to promote my podcast, right? I know a friend of mine, Mark Metry with the Human 2.0 podcast does that really, really well. I mentioned that to you. He does that on LinkedIn really well, gets tons of engagement, and I'm sure drives a lot of traffic to his podcast. So I've been debating on doing that. And that was a tool that, you know, that I had found online called Headliner, right? Yeah. First, can you talk a little bit about that? And then what tools do you use on the video side? Is it just, you know, some sort of editing software? Or talk to us a little bit about a couple of the tools. Let's talk about two or three tools, and then we'll, we'll get into the last couple of questions, and we're going to have to wrap it up. Sure. It's super simple. I do public speaking gigs where I literally just go through how to do this yourself. I'm like, if you can do it yourself, knock yourself out. It just takes some work, right? Right. So 
headliner will actually do all of the trimming for you. It will do all like it does pretty much everything you need it to do. You don't need video editing software for it. I suggest the video editing on it because like, let's say you have a 25 minute podcast episode that is video and you go to upload it into headliner, you can choose your in and out points and it will trim it for you. But it just takes a while because it has to load the whole video. So for me, I would rather open it like I use video editing software, but you can open it on QuickTime and just trim it there and then upload the shorter piece. And it's just not going to take as long to load. So that's kind of a little hack. And then in Headliner, it is it is free. I think that you get a couple amount free. They, they transition into a paid model now. But what you'll do is decide what size you want your video meme or audiogram to be. The square is traditionally what way more effective for feeds. So for Facebook feeds, for Instagram feeds, LinkedIn, Square is takes up 78% more of space on the actual feed on mobile and it gets it gets 30 to 35% more views and 80 to 100% more engagement. So pick Square for your feeds. It'll automatically transcribe it for you. So it uses Google's AI for transcriptions. So sometimes it's comical what comes out, so it won't be perfect. You'll have to go through and adjust the captions on it. And captions, I'm like going to go super stat heavy here just because like this is why we do it the way that we do it. Captions are so important because 80% of people on Facebook scroll on mute. So if you don't have captions, then they're just going to keep on scrolling. And sorry, it's 85 on Facebook now. And it's 80% on LinkedIn. So if you think people on LinkedIn are being more savvy and opening up videos, they're not. <laughs> so make sure you have captions. Make sure you're scrubbing through that on Headliner. And you can adjust the different like the fonts, the text. You can adjust anything you want in there. You can add your headline on there. It'll give the moving waveforms. You can pick your colors. It's really, really simple to use. I actually have a tutorial on how to use it like with video walkthroughs on the website. It's just like repurposehouse.com forward slash headliner. And it walks you through A to Z on how to do it since I know we're not going to do that right the second. But what's nice at the very end of it is once you've created this audiogram or video meme or whatever it is you're creating there, it gives you the option to duplicate it in different sizes. So you don't have to go through the same process over and over again. You literally just duplicate it in story size and you make a couple of adjustments on placement for text and your waveform and you're good to go. You can do it also for landscape if you want to upload it to YouTube as well. Wow. Okay. So you can use Headliner for both video clips and, and audiograms. Yes. Yeah. They they have, they have consistently evolved. Oliver is the CEO over there and he is just crushing, like scaling this thing. So it started off with just audiograms and now you can do full episodes. They'll do text motion. They're getting better at the text motion thing. You can do anything really that you need to create video memes for Headliner is taken care of. So I'm, I'm assuming that's one of your standard tools, right? You're, this is something that Every piece of your content is probably running through Headliner for all of your clients at one time or another. Yeah. Anything that has audio, com- like voice components on it. Yes. So like Perfect. video podcast, audio podcast, text motion is different because nobody's talking usually. Right. Perfect. All right. Anything you want to add about content repurposing before we move into the kind of the last couple of questions? I just think that if you made any content at all in the last couple of years that is still relevant, just reiterating, like just go through it and start teasing it over again. You would be shocked at the amount of engagement you get because people are like, oh, everybody's seen it already. No, they haven't. The people who have seen it have seen it already. And there are a ton of people out there who haven't yet. And I think people are afraid of recycling old content because they think it's old news and you'll be surprised. Yeah. It's really funny because this reminds me of a strategy I use on email to get more opens. And it's so simple. And it's this, you send an email out to your list and let's say you get 20% of the people to open it up, right? Well, 24 to 40 hours, 48 hours later, if you do a resend to all the people that didn't open it, you literally can double your open rate 
just by yes. just by promoting it again, just by sending it one more time. So imagine what you could do with all that content, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I kind of see that as a parallel. I'm a pretty simple guy, so I try to keep things simple. So last two questions, and then we're going to close it out for today, right? What's one tool? What's your favorite growth tool or software? Something that you use a SaaS product, but I'm not going to let you say headliner because we've already okay. we've already headlined them enough. What would yeah. be another tool that you use to help you grow your business? We have been big fans of teamwork. We've been in that platform for a while. So we use teamwork chat, teamwork projects. That's been super helpful because we have, you know, all of our team, our production team is in the Philippines and they have like their own pods and teams. And it's been really helpful to be able to manage them being remote and to everybody have tabs on everything that's going on. Nice. Love it. Perfect. What's one book that's maybe helped you throughout your journey or inspired you to to continue on and helped you grow your business? If you had to name one book, what would it be? Oof. One, the ultimate sales machine was great. It's just the top of mind right now because I read it not too long ago and I have a lot of strategies I want to implement on that. Isn't that Chet? Was it Chet Holmes? Yeah, it's Chet. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Well, listen, thank you so much. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Repurpose House, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah, absolutely. So I, you can go to shanaweisinger.com on basically all the channels except Twitter, because I'm a big fan of if you can't do it well, don't do it. And I can't with Twitter. (laughs) So (laughs) I just, it's like, it has a lifespan of like 18 minutes per post. And that just makes me like nauseous. So anywhere but there, I am at Shana Weisinger, super simple. And repurposehouse.com is the website. We have a resource center that kind of trains you on how to like use best practices on repurposing and just content in general. We just want to make sure people are learning as much as they can and implementing. So you can check us out there. And then on the social media platforms, again, outside of Twitter, it's going to be Repurpose House Co. And yeah, that's those are the best ways. Perfect. Listen, I'll make sure I include all that in the show notes. I really, really appreciate you being here, Shana. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.